Hey guys, welcome back to the Delusional Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Bria Jones. Happy that you're here. Um, before we get into it real quick, can I ask a favor? If you've been listening to these episodes and you like them, can you leave us a five-star review? If you don't like them, just turn it off. Don't leave a review. Um, <laughs> but that would be super helpful. So before we jump into our hot topic of the day, we have to do our self-care. And I'm not going to lie, guys. I am struggling today. Okay, self-care today is a heating pad, you know, the one that your grandmothers used on the worst day of their periods. Yep, that's me today. (laughs) And like 200 milligrams of Tylenol. That's the self-care for the day. There's no cute mask. There's no fancy moisturizer. We're just rolling with the good old-fashioned painkiller and heating pad situation, okay? It should be illegal to have to do life on your period. And I I stand by that. I stand by that. Until we have a bunch of lawmakers that have uteruses, I don't want to fucking hear it. (laughs) Okay? Anyways, I'm diverting from the topic, but I do want to preface this with that. I'm a moody bitch on her period, which is perfect for this episode, actually, because I think I do have a lot of resentment that needs to come out. So I, I'm pumped because I think this is going to be really healing for me, selfishly for me. But that's why I made this podcast, because this is for you guys, too. But this podcast is also for me to work some shit out. We're talking about friendships today, not just friendships. We're talking about breaking up with your fake ass friends. You you know them. We've seen them. OK, but we all have friends who, for lack of better words, don't deserve our energy, don't deserve our time, don't value us like we value them. I got notes for this one today, so I'm not being rude if you see me on my phone. It's just I have a lot that I need to say about this, and I am continually asked to talk about friendships, and I've avoided it for a really long time because truthfully, I don't feel like I and the best person to speak on friendships. I'm a Scorpio. Enough said. No, but seriously, I have had a lot of interesting experiences with friendships in the in the recent years. I would say I have much fewer f- really really deep friendships now. Whereas I used to be the girl who was friends with everybody and I was validated by having more friends. I didn't see more friends you know, as a way that like kind of was pulling my energy and like kind of opening doors to, I don't know, a lot of different people and their energies and their drama. I didn't see it that way. I saw it as like, oh, I need to be friends with absolutely everybody. Everyone has to like me. I need, I need the validation. I could not be more opposite from that now. I do not seek validation from damn near anybody. Like, anybody. I don't think I could do my job on the internet if I thought I needed to be validated by people. Working on the internet, you will quickly learn that you will never be everybody's cup of tea. So now that I've come more into myself, I've realized that within these friendships that I carried on for so long, that made me feel like absolute shit. It was a defense mechanism. There was a time when I thought the idea of, you know, not being liked by every single person was the worst case scenario. But I think I was in denial because I can absolutely tell you that not everybody liked me. Not everybody 
really thought that much of me. And that's fair. That's fair. Did it make sense all the time? No. No. Was I a perfect friend? No. There have definitely been situations where I wasn't a good friend. But I also think there are more situations where I kept myself in a situation because I wanted to prove to myself that I could get them to like me. When in reality, there was nothing I could do to make someone else like me. Sometimes you either have it or you don't. They either like you or you don't. It has nothing to do with you. And it's not your job to seek validation from someone who doesn't know how amazing you are. Okay, let's get into it. So I want to start with this. I think I think the most pivotal moment in my friendships happened definitely in adulthood. I don't I didn't have these issues in college because I didn't have expectations in college. As I got older, I had expectations for my friends as I should because if I'm bringing something to the table, you know, I kind of expect the same thing back. So dealt with a lot of BS. I get into like, you know, mid-20s, post, post-college is really when a lot of this started. But I'll tell you the most pivotal moment in a lot of my friendships, and I'm sure many people can relate, especially if you are black or a person of color. 2020 really showed us what was up with a lot of people. And that was kind of the demise of a lot of these teetering friendships I had where, you know, I wasn't really sure where I stood with a lot of people. If I wasn't sure, I found out in 2020. And, you know, what a what a horrible, horrible era. <laughs> Honestly, I think about that time and it makes me sick to my stomach. I remember like not being able to eat. That's how, that's how much I was like bothered. Granted, I went to school in Arkansas. So, what what the hell did I think I was going to find out? Like, you know, I couldn't mention, you know, this episode without prefacing how going to a PWI, being in a lot of white spaces contributed to the type of friends that I had. Straight up, I had a lot of white friends. We know this. And I do think it was a barrier to in some situations um, there are just, how do I say this without getting canceled? There's a, there's a huge lack of empathy. I, I don't know how else to say it. There's a huge lack of empathy and it's not about coming from someone's circumstances. It's not about having to even live their life, walk in their shoes, but you can't disregard someone's reality. You can't disregard how someone has walked through life just because it's not your story. And I think a lot of the friendships that I had in 2020 made me realize that my friends invalidated my life. And that is a really hard pill to swallow. It is. So that was an easy cutoff for me. I probably lost so so many friends. Um because up until that point, we weren't really talking about political things. And I say political, and I say it lightly, because my life isn't political, okay? And that was my whole point in 2020, is why does everything have to be so black and white? Why is it such a debate when something bad, when something wrong, when something unethical happens to somebody, why do we have to debate it? It took a lot for me to come to terms with my reality and like, hey, 
these might have been cool people to party with. But that's it. <laughs> that's it. Like, I expect nothing more from these people. And, you know, I don't even... I don't even want them as like acquaintances. And that's my preference. Okay. Some people are going to disagree with this episode, but for me, I realized I don't want anybody to even have access to me that invalidates my life, my experiences. None of that. I don't give a shit about you. So you don't give a shit about me, then that's fine. So that was, that was that, you know, I think it just was, it was like a tough pill to swallow. I didn't, I think that got rid of a lot of the acquaintances, as I had mentioned. I don't feel like I had many super close friends that fall into that category. I had maybe a few, but not as many as you'd think. The other category of friends that I feel like I've had to break up with are the friends that have evolved into people that just aren't the best kind of people anymore. It's tough. I grew up with a lot of people who I absolutely adore and love. And for the most part, like I still have so much love for them and keep up with them here and there. Happy birthday. Congrats on your wedding. Like, you know, small stuff like that. But I had like a more like close friends, um, a few close friends where their evolution was not mine. And we were going in very opposite directions. And I would say, in my opinion, it was it was almost worse than like a romantic breakup. Having that friendship just like change and seeing people that you genuinely love become something like kind of sad and scary. And I don't mean in terms of their mood or mental health. I mean like in terms of their interest and their hobbies and the way that they treat people that it's like watching, it's like watching your friend die. You know, you're seeing them become someone you have no idea. For example, I had a friend, I'll be real. It was one of my best friends. And you know, every time I would come home from college it was like the conversations got weirder and weirder. And every time I would see this person, I feel like I didn't know who they were anymore. And it would it would make me so sad. I remember like driving home from seeing them over holiday breaks. And I would just be like, I would feel so hollow and like sad because I'm like, I don't, I don't know who this is. And I know part of it is like, hey, we grow up, we change. It is what it is. When I start to see that affect their character, that's when it's like, oh, come on. You know, I was rooting for you. <laughs> I don't want that to, to, to be the actual case here. But every time I would come home to see this person, the conversation became more and more about status and money and oh, my friend's dad owns a private plane. My friend's dad has an island, you know, it made me uncomfortable. It made me feel not worthy of this person's friendship because I didn't have any of those things. My family was not wealthy. And I could tell that to this person that these are important things. And instead of making myself feel bad, I should have realized that that was not my problem that I had nothing to do with that status, but that's how it made me feel. And that was my reality. Okay. Should I have been verbalizing that more? Absolutely. Should I have said that that hurt my feelings more? Absolutely. I think I didn't communicate as well as I should have, but I think the real destruction to our friendship came 
and I'll get to the story time. We're going to name this friend, by the way, Amy, because Amy is a reoccurring lesson in my life, and um, I'm not going to obviously say their name, so we'll just call this person Amy. On the note of, you know, outgrowing old childhood friends and things like that, um, I, I do have to mention that I also had friends growing up that I would say... I never felt really genuinely cared about me. I referenced myself in this TikTok as what's called a background friend and it went like stupid viral. So I know that I'm not the only one because so many people saw themselves in this. But basically I said, being a background friend, like basically you, you're not the first one invited places. You're usually like the friend that's invited to like fill the reservation or like hit the quota um, or if it's a group activity and they want more people, like you're thought of then, but you're not like a you're not a first person kind of invitation. Um, you're not really close, super close to anybody, um, but you're just good with everybody, if that makes sense. But you're not super close to anyone. You kind of and you orbit around different friend groups. Like you kind of have your groups of friends, but you don't have like a group. So um, that's another, that's how I would describe myself in, in friendships when I, especially when I was younger. And then um, people always kind of like come to you for help or advice. Like you are a go-to for like being there for people, but it is not reciprocated. So I referenced this in a TikTok like years ago and I called it being the background friend. I think that part of it is my fault for trying to fit in with people that I shouldn't have been trying to fit in with. I should have I should have prioritized myself differently, but also I have so much empathy for myself when I was like fucking 15 and in college like I just wanted friends and to fit in like everybody. Like I can't doubt myself for that by no means did I have like a difficult time I just don't think I had deep relationships like I thought I did now that I'm out of that um I think that I was just kind of being accepting and and wanted to be a part of the scene and wanted to feel included Although like I knew I wasn't genuinely appreciated and accepted by some of those people, not all of them, just some of them. So when did I have my awakening about how I, I was kind of dealing with fake friends? This was in my 20s. This was not pandemic. So before pandemic, but um, right before it, I had just started dating AJ he was coming to Dallas to like, you know, meet my family, meet my friends. I was really excited to introduce him to my friend group. And for the most part, like, you know, I adore everybody I grew up with, but there are a couple seats. Okay. <laughs> There's a couple, a couple bad apples in the bunch. And, um, I didn't really tell AJ about these people and how I really felt they treated me because I think I was still in denial at the time. But I also like knew at some point it was going to it was going to be obvious, you know, fast forward. AJ's in town with me. This is like in the dawn of our relationship. And we meet up with my like old friend group. It was really good. We go to drinks and have dinner. And I just happened to mention amongst the group, like, you know, AJ and I are going to brunch tomorrow 
And in no way, I remember this clear as day, in no way was it an invite or an invitation. I was just making a statement like, hey, this is what we're doing tomorrow. So now I'm going to introduce another character. The only other one that really matters in the story. Um, we're going to name her Taylor. Okay. So now we, if recap here, we have Amy who used to be my best friend at this time. I would still consider her one of my best friends. We have Amy, we have Taylor. We have a lot of other people who aren't as important to the specific story. Um, so doesn't matter for context. Amy grew up hating Taylor. Whereas I always vouched for Taylor and said, she's not that bad. She's, she's a nice girl. Fast forward years later, Amy is best friends with Taylor and has quite literally become a clone of her. So all that time, and I knew it when she was being mean, saying that she hated this girl, she was really jealous of her. It was never about hating anybody, right? For context, Taylor on the surface, nice girl. But I think she treats people not so great. I would say she's your typical mean girl. Uh, your modern day mean girl. The hey girly, you know. And what's, to give you context with, with Taylor, she was never a best friend to me. She was someone I grew up with and was always included in activities with. And for that, I would say we were friends, but by association. And I remember... When I first started, when I first started influencing, mind you, this girl, Taylor, was one of the first people to reach out to me and question why I was doing what I was doing. And not in a way of, hey, I'm happy for you. Because granted, this person has never been happy for me, never like kept up with me to the point that it would make sense for her to reach out to me. Um... So when I created my new Instagram page and I was like doing content creation for the first time, and of course it was kind of like embarrassing and cringy, um, she texted me and she was like, what is this that you're doing? Like, you know, in that kind of tone, right? And I will never forget that because I remember being like, of all the people to ask me, it's so weird that she would ask me first. Because I know damn well she does not care what I'm doing. And this is a very, it was it was her tone in the text. And of course, I can't remember the words verbatim, but it was so condescending. And it was kind of like a way of scoffing at me like, what are you doing? This is weird. This is cringy, you know? And I've always kept that in the back of my mind because truthfully, it has always been like the fire under my ass. How Like... To have someone reach out with the audacity of questioning what I want to do. And I would never do that to a friend. I would never question what they wanted to do and never make them feel bad. Um, I always remembered that. And I was like, ooh, I can't wait to pop off. <laughs> so, so that was one of the – just to give you context about Taylor. You know, you see the kind of girl that she is. Um, she is like a grade-A fake friend. Okay, and I wanted to talk about the symptoms of a fake friend before we dive into the story time really quick, because I also think a lot of you probably hang with some people who do the same shit, right? I wanted to talk about some symptoms with fake friends that I think are important to be aware of. At least in my case, I've noticed that fake friends are just like never happy for you. Um, it's not that they outright are like, oh, like you suck. 
no one cares about your promotion. Maybe they are, but I would say it's like in the example with Taylor, it's this condescending approach to the things you're trying to do, trying to achieve, kind of like this mocking of your goals or accomplishments or downplaying your success like anybody can do it like it's not a big deal um or in my case where they're straight up like what are you doing you know that like mean girl energy I would say the obvious like they just don't put effort into you like they do other people and it's you see that you feel that it's really obvious and I noticed like I mean I don't care about that aspect as much with this person But, um, yeah, it was always really obvious that like, oh, like another example is if I was in a picture, this girl would like not post it. It was wild. Okay. You just start connecting a bunch of dots and you're like, okay. Another one is that they keep you around because they need something for you or use you to an extent. So like, you know, whatever that reason could be your work your connections like they they always want to like feed off of you for some reason and I think it feels very transactional like there you have to bring something to the table for them to even like remotely value you which is like not your problem by any means it's like they're a shit person and like their relationships are so superficial that this is how they operate. Another one is they want everything you have in a weird way. Okay. So fake friends that like want everything you have in this very odd way. It's like they get interested in the same guys that you talk about or like the same things that you're doing. Like all of a sudden they're like wearing literally the same outfit you're wearing. And listen, like there's a difference between like having a genuine best friend that has the same interest as you. And like, you guys definitely have the same taste, but you will know with like a fake friend, there's this different energy about it. It's like, you never compliment my outfits. You never like actually make me feel good about myself but then you show up with the exact same pieces it's that kind of energy and it's just little mental things I would take note of and it's obvious that this boils down to jealousy friends that you keep around who are jealous of you sorry breaking news they're fake as fuck they're fake friends (laughs) like they're they're definitely there's some like they say imitation is like the biggest form of flattery and To a degree, I agree with that, but there's a weird energy about it with these kind of quote-unquote friends who do not really like you, but want to be you in some weird way. Okay, are you catching what I'm giving? Because it's, it's like, and it's so obvious when it's happening. That's another one that I've noticed. Just things to look out for, like there's a difference between like my friends now where like I would that would never happen because I would never be friends with someone like this. But, um, yeah, like we will like share outfits with each other and store recommendations, but like, it's obviously because we genuinely like fuck with each other too. So if one of my friends today like showed up in an outfit that I was wearing, it wouldn't be weird. It would be weird if they were mean to me, right? Cause it's like, uh, I thought you hated me. Why are you like wearing the exact same outfit? So yeah, it's like this, you kind of like connect the dots over time and you know what I'm talking about. So anyways, let's get into the story time. Yeah. I bring AJ into town, right? He meets my friends, loves them. They love him. Cool. Um, but Taylor and Amy are obviously there too. And we mentioned that we're going to brunch. 
the next morning together and it was really going to be a date. That's what's kind of hilarious. So I'm like, oh, no worries. They're, they're like, oh my gosh, brunch sounds so good. Can we join? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, no problem. That said, I had to like go rearrange the reservation. I had to pick a whole nother spot because the place we wanted to go to, we couldn't get uh, four people in. So I end up finding a place for us and tell them the time. I think it was going to be like 11, 1130, something like that. AJ and I get there. We asked to be seated. They're like, hey, we can't see you until your whole party gets here. That's okay. Understandable. Totally fine. So I text them. I'm like, hey, we're here at the restaurant. How far away are you? Like, you know, they have like a 15 minute grace period or whatever. No response from Taylor or Amy. Okay. Five more minutes pass by. Following up again. Hey, we're here. They need to seat us or we're going to lose our reservation. Are you almost here? Nothing from either of them. So I end up calling. Nothing from either of them again. And I'm like fuming at this point because I'm like, okay, what's weird is you invited yourself. (laughs) What's weird is like you are the one that asked to be a part of this, okay? But this was like my final straw and my – if I was in any denial at this point that there was some mean girl energy going on, I got it at this point. I got the fucking memo. And – they don't answer. They don't show. So we can't be seated. Um, AJ and I end up going somewhere completely different because the plans were just messed up now. And I remember thinking like, fuck these bitches. <laughs> like, are you serious? And to be honest with you, I expected it from Taylor. I did not expect it from Amy, who I told you, we go way back. We were best friends at one point. I really had seen her become what I would say Taylor is 2.0. And it broke my heart. It really did. I loved this girl. I I loved her to pieces. And it it just showed like I was right. This is who she was. And it was a terrible, terrible epiphany. To this day, do I think that was intentional? Yes. So about a year later, Amy, my ex-best friend, reaches out to me and she's apologetic, blah, blah, blah. Mind you, I've noticed that she doesn't follow me on social media. I've noticed that she like doesn't keep up with me to any capacity. But however, she um, she messages me on Instagram, even though she has my number. Strange. Um, and she's like, yeah, I'm I'm really sorry. And I appreciate the apology. I'm going to say that. But I don't appreciate that she immediately diverted the blame to who she was dating at the time. She said... I was dating this asshole, like blah, blah, blah. And that day he didn't want me to do anything or going like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) I, I, I couldn't with that. For me, I can't deal with like half-ass apologies. You're either sorry or you're not. And nobody is responsible for your actions. I can't, I just can't get with that. I can't get like how you're going to blame a dude who's been in the picture for like what six months and over like your friend who you've known for like over a decade like I can't understand that so for me like the apology was just kind of like I don't know I was just really disappointed I get nothing from Taylor no response no nothing I think she eventually replied like a day or two later saying that she left her phone in an Uber, which is absolute fucking cap. And mind you, I saw the night before 
they were all out partying, whatever. I just think they were hungover and didn't want to go. But I still think it did not like it was so rude and disrespectful. And mind you, I was so embarrassed because here here I am bringing my new boyfriend to meet my friends, quote unquote friends, and how embarrassing, right? That I would call these people my friends. And this is his first impression of them. So like, he's just like, what the fuck, you know? And he could tell that I was like really upset, but I don't, he didn't know like all the history up until that point. I had to kind of like catch him up. He's like, damn, like, yeah, those, those are not your friends, Bria. And like, you know, he, that's why I always talk about how I'm so happy that I found someone like AJ to really help me recognize that like I am worth so much more. And because he put me on much higher of a pedestal than I've ever put myself. I think he still does. But it really just kind of, he puts this mirror to me where it's like, like, what are you doing? You are, you're Bria fucking Jones. Like, that's how he makes me feel. So even within the situation, you know, he's like, this is not a reflection of you. It's like a reflection of who you keep around and like what you accept. And it's so true. It was, it was just finally time to like, let go, like, let go of it. And I did after that, I was like, I've had more than enough reasons to not be involved with people like this. And now I get it. And it took me so long. So I empathize with people who kind of string themselves along because for whatever reason, like I think deep down you want to change their minds about you because it'll make you feel better. Right. But it's not your job to make people see how fucking dope you are. You are amazing. If they don't see that they're lost. That goes for dating, that goes for friendships, that goes for your jobs, your career. It is not your job to prove how awesome you are. And you are, okay? And don't let anybody change your mind about that. Because if, I mean, the truth be told, is if you keep that energy and you keep allowing these people, they're gonna change your perception about yourself. You're gonna start to believe it. I did. I started to believe that like, hey, I'm really not that cool. I'm not that, I'm not that awesome. And the second I was able to let go of these toxic ass friends, I really started to like myself even more and believe in myself more and just see myself in a different light because people are mirrors to you. Everyone around you is a mirror to you. So if they're projecting something nasty onto you, like over time, if you keep hanging out with them, it becomes your truth. It was a tough pill to swallow, mostly with my friend Amy because... I think I was fighting more for her and I I don't blame myself for for hanging on being optimistic and hoping that things would change. I do not blame myself for that. Um but it was a tough realization. I got my half-ass apology a year later. Do we speak? No. I the other girl. This is actually kind of crazy and this is why I'm doing the episode because this actually just happened very recently. Um, Taylor reached out to me a few weeks ago. Yeah. And she finally acknowledged it. She finally acknowledged it. And I use the word acknowledged because she didn't apologize. All right. So this is the, the message verbatim. We were supposed to meet up a few years ago and I no showed. I've honestly thought about it for years and have frequently felt so bad about it. And I respond and I say, 
I appreciate you acknowledging it. You know, don't want you to sweat it. She says, I read something last night that made me think of it, and I just felt it was time I said something about it. Very, very overdue. Hope you're doing well. I thought that was really confusing because it wasn't like, I'm sorry. I think if I know this person like I do, I think, yes, she does feel bad about it, but she's not going to apologize for it. And she's looking for me to validate that it is okay. And have I moved on from it? Yes. But what I want to point out is that people like this look for you to continually make them feel comfortable. And so that's why I was, I didn't respond with like, hey, thanks for apologizing because it wasn't an apology. You're just letting me know you felt like shit for something cool. But do you know why you should be sorry? Do you know what was disrespectful? Do you know why we are not friends anymore? None of that was brought up and that's fine. But it just confirmed that I had made the right decision and that this person didn't validate our friendship. This person just wants to sleep peacefully at night and wants me to like be the one to help her feel better. And that's not my job. So I made sure to say that um, I made sure to not use the word apology when responding to her because I would expect that. I think that is the bare minimum. Like, hey, I'm sorry that I did this. Not, I feel bad. I just feel so fucking bad. Okay, and why are you telling me that? You should feel bad. But are you sorry? There, That's a difference. And I think that's a manipulation tactic I've seen with people who are especially what I would call narcissist. They never apologize. And that is the closest you'll get. So it's honestly impressive that we got there. But this story and example is probably one of the... It helped me grow so much. And I'm so fucking thankful for Amy and Taylor because up until this point, I realized the way I carried myself in some friendships. And now at almost 30 years old, I have way, way less friends. I could count them on one hand, the people who I actually keep up with, okay? But it's made me realize that I should really nurture those few friendships instead of spreading myself thin with a bunch of fake friends who do not care about me the way I care about them. And when you let go of those friendships, what you do is you open the door to have more in-depth relationships with people who really give a fuck about you and really care about you. And now that I get how deep friendships can be, how special they can be, and they don't have to be superficial, they don't just have to be about going out and partying, getting shit-faced together, and like they don't have to be these surface-level experiences that I was like accepting, now I realize they can be so much more special than that. And it took me going through this to come to that conclusion after so many years and, you know, I think it's just also an evolution of how of, of aging and getting older and, and getting wiser and understanding, you know, I think the younger you are, the more you want to be validated by other people. It makes sense. The younger I was, I was big on that. And I was and I got that at a young age. You know, I was widely accepted by my peers, but I didn't know what a deep, intimate friendship really looked like outside of a couple people. Um, and that was OK. So now I just really cherish the people 
that I have deep connections with because I, I understand like I'm putting energy into something that is really, really beautiful. And it's not this weird, like, I don't know how they feel about me energy. Um, I don't know why they always leave me out of stuff. I would never be caught dead in a situation like that again. Never. Because I would rather be lonely than have fake ass friends. So anyways, that's my little rant today. I don't even know if this is helpful to you guys. It's really just an opportunity for me to tell my story. I feel like I am still working through friendships. And I think like, to be honest, the experiences I've had with these mean girls has jaded me slightly. Um, And I'm just a lot slower to warm up to people. But man, when you get past that wall with me, it is beautiful on the other side. And I'm just really thankful for everyone who's there with me. If you're listening, shout out. But hopefully this is a reminder to you that you are not an option. You are not a bench warmer friend. You are not a background friend. You are a boss ass bitch and you are amazing. And if your friends don't know that about you, I hate to break it to you, but maybe, maybe we need to consider some alternatives. And that's coming with nothing but love and light when I say that. I love you guys and thank you for tuning in. If you liked this, again, be sure to leave us a five-star review. You can come hang with us on Instagram, Delusional Diaries Podcast. And we also have a TikTok. Come hype us up, okay? We're trying to, we, we have video and everything. We're high tech. But yeah, let me know your thoughts around friendships. I think there's a lot more episodes to come around this topic because this is just one sector to me. I also want to do another one that's about like adult friendships and like how they change over time. I think there's just so many different chapters to friendships that we could talk about. So if you have anything specific you want me to discuss, let me know on our Instagram DM messages or whatever they're called. And I will certainly add that to my list of things to do. So love you guys. I will talk with you next week.